Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I and I am Josh Clark, and with me is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. I knew you were going to, I was waiting for it. You had no idea I was well, going to I didn't know that, but I just, I knew there was some sort of reggae thing coming up. That was off the cuff, too. Really? Yeah. No, no way. It really was. Right. I thought about it, and like my stomach got all butterfly-ish, and I was really? like, ooh, I'm going to do it, and I did it. A plus, sir. Thank you. Chuck, how you doing? I'm great. You're feeling good today, aren't you? I've been under the weather. Again? Yeah, I just don't feel quite right. Like if 10 is feeling great mm-hmm. and 1 is sick, mm-hmm. I'm at like uh, like a 5 and a, or a 6. Wow. Is it that staph infection still? I don't know what the deal is. I would imagine that would have lasting effects after, oh, for you know, yeah. it's not like a normal stomach bug. Sure. It's like a stomach terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast is on a watch list now that I just said that. Is it? I think so. Does that mean more audience? Possibly. At, at least the uh, <laughs> NAS will be listening. Good. Um, Chuck. Yes. Back in my hippie days, uh, there was this question that was on everyone's mind. There was a, a piece of knowledge that wasn't passed around adequately among the hippie counterculture that I was hanging out with. Okay. And that was exactly how to dread your hair if you didn't have kinky or curly hair. So the people that did that kept it a guarded secret? Or else they didn't tell anybody or they were vague when they right. did tell. Sure. I, what I suspect is, based on the um, my experience with humorless hippie people, sure. uh, they they did say, because they they didn't want to overtly make themselves look like jerks and say, you know, I'm not telling. Right. They would just be very vague and unhelpful. Plus, they probably don't want to make it seem like it took too much work, you know? That's probably part of it as well. Because that's not as cool if you had to, like, work at it three or four hours right. a day. Or if, if your mom was helping you on a Saturday night <laughs> yeah, in the kitchen. Exactly. You yeah, like, it's just going to happen, man. So I remember the, having this conversation with this um, friend of mine who uh, actually ended up on TV later on because I guess the dreads didn't work out. He had a TV show um, on HGTV, actually. Um, really? And, yeah. He, uh, it was called Bushwhacked. He went and like guerrilla garden people's landscapes. That's awesome. Anyway, he was he was talking to me once. He was playing with his hair, and I noticed that it was really really greasy. Mm-hmm. Um, like hadn't been washed in several days. Greasy. This is when he had dreads. No, he was trying oh, okay. to get. I, I I asked him, "What are you doing with your hair?" Right. And he's like, "I'm trying to dread it." 
And I was like, you actually have to wash it, man, because that grease is keeping it from tangling. And I remember this look coming over his face like, <laughs> wow, right. you just blew my mind. Yeah. That was the closest I ever came to being able to explain how dreadlocks work until today. Now, after years of wondering and then even more years of not caring, yeah, <laughs> we get to the point where I finally understand how dreadlocks are formed among white people especially. Yeah, sure. And I think it's I think the history is a little more interesting than than my stupid anecdote. No, no, than the actual process. But we'll cover the process too because there's people well, out there right now that are wondering. It behooves us. There, there are 19, 20 year olds out there who are yeah. who have greasy hair and sure. can't figure out why it's not dreading. Right. Or they put gasoline. You ever hear that? No. Oh, that was a very bad rumor that gasoline in your hair helped it <laughs> not up. <laughs> not true. Do no. not put gasoline. It helps your hair catch on fire. Yeah, I'm so sure that happened more than once. All right, so uh, Chuck, you were saying about the history of the dreadlock. What yeah. are we talking about? We were talking about the history of the dreadlock. <laughs> How's that for a comeback? I can't wait to hear how Jerry edits that. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so, Josh, prehistoric humans probably had some form of dreadlock yeah. from the neglect method of forming dreadlocks. Yes. Letting it tangle up, yeah. letting it do its own thing, uh-huh. and mat mat up and weave itself into dreads. Right. And right about here, I think people are going to have a question like, well, didn't didn't people who, you know, lived in prehistoric eras, they didn't wash their hair. So how did their hair dread? Why wasn't their hair greasy? You want to know the answer to that that I've heard? I do. Um, prehistoric people lived out in the woods and slept on the ground and leaves and dirt got in their hair and actually carried the grease away. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Is that true? That's what I've heard. I, I didn't do my standard uh, intensive research for this particular podcast, right. so I don't know that that's true, but right. Let's that's, go with that. that's a Josh theory. I like it. Thanks. Well, dude, they have discovered uh, mummies, Peruvian mummies, as old as 200 to 800 AD right. had uh, dreads. Well. And more recently than that, Aztec, uh, Aztec priests in the 14th and 15th century had the matted dreads. Right. Yes. And they're not all. There's also contemporary groups, religious groups specifically. Dreads tend to pop up, it turns out, in as, as a sign of religious devotion in a lot of cases, right? Yeah. The fact like uh, this is God's body and even grooming it would be... Um would not be an aesthetic vow. So if you take that aesthetic vow, you're not even you're not going to do anything to your body. Right. You you're just leaving your hair to do what it will naturally. Right. Exactly. And um, so who who do we have? I know the uh, Coptic Church in Ethiopia. Yeah. Priests in that church still um, Christian dread their hair. Uh-huh. Right. I say that as if Christians like, are anti-dread. <laughs> There's Christians in Africa. Uh, in India, the uh, Sadhu sect of Hinduism, they they have the old dreads in honor of uh, Shiva. Wouldn't it be weird to see an Indian guy with dreads? You know, I've seen dreads on so many different kinds of people now, I don't I, think anything would surprise no, me. No, I'm with you. Yeah. But the, I think one of the few ethnic groups that I've not seen dreads on it are um, South Asians. Yeah, well, and actually, like in Japan, it's pretty popular now. But yeah, I've seen I've seen Asians with dreads. I've never seen an Indian. Interesting. Yeah, with dreadlocks. That's why I'm like, huh. I'd well, like let's to call see for that. listener mail right now. If you are of Indian descent and you have dreadlocks, please send in a photo. That's right. Okay. Now back to the show. Uh, Rasta Buddhist in Japan. That's what we were just talking about. Um, members of the Black Muslim uh, Bay Fall sect in Senegal. Right. Maoris. 
in New Zealand, the Kiwi, our Kiwi friends? Maoris? Isn't it Maori? I don't know. I'm going to go with Maori. Okay. And uh, different African tribes uh, wear dreadlocks, Angola, Namibia, places like that. Right. And the Rastas, right? Well, yeah, sure. So when you think of dreadlocks, you think of Bob Marley, and when you think of Bob Marley, you think of reggae and Rastafarianism, basically, right? Among other things. <laughs> yeah, I left one thing out, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, he he was pretty much the poster boy for dreadlocks and Rastafarianism, and he almost, you know, you don't want to say single-handedly, but he was a, a large force in introducing dreadlocks to the West. Sure. And the um, symbolism, the mythology behind them uh, and behind how it was uh, associated with Rastafarianism, which it turns out Jamaican Rastafarianism isn't that old. Yeah, I, I thought it was much older than, uh, what, 80 years. Yeah, it was. It came out of the 30s when uh, Haile Selassie the first was uh-huh. um, th- throned emperor of Japan. Uh, yeah, of Japan. Yeah, Did I you know that? So. Of Ethiopia. Ethiopia, right. Um and there apparently a sect of Jamaicans believed him to be the Messiah, right? And built a religion, Rastafarianism, around him. Exactly. And the dreadlocks are a big part of that because they feel um, that it has to do with keeping you in a pure state, as God created you as well. Mm-hmm. And they point to Samson in the Bible, even though we're going to get to that. That's a myth. Yes. So they say. And they also, it was sort of a uh, sort of rebelling against the European. Uh, Invasion of the world. <laughs> right. The, the imperialism, European yeah. imperialism. And uh, the author of this article, Matt Saylor, who I do not know, do you? No. Uh, must be a freelancer. Matt Saylor points out that um, it's rooted in the idea of the West as a place of captivity and right. Africa as paradise. And as you were saying, it, it kind of rebels against European ideals of beauty. Yeah. Right, or it did at the time. Like we're not going to have the lustrous blonde hair, fine hair. Exactly. We're going to grow it together, matted clumps. Right, and we're going to be proud of it in your face. In your face. <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's possible that the Rastafarians were um, inspired by the Mau Mau tribe. Yeah, I, that's what I wanted to know is where it came from. Well, this is possibly where it came from. Uh, the Mau Mau are located in Kenya, and they were a. Um, a tribe that rose up against British colonial rule. Right. And actually, there's a Magnum P.I. episode that puts Jonathan Higgins in a, in the middle of a Mau Mau uprising. Really? In the, in the 50s, yeah. You should see that one. It's good. Uh, that sounds familiar. I think I might have, actually. Um, there's a guy with a spear. There's like a Mau Mau warrior that's stalking wow. the, the estate, the robin's nest, as it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, they think that they were they were inspired by the Mau Mau in their um, uprising against British colonial rule, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and they also think that this may be where the the name Dreadlock came from, right? Yeah, that it inspired dread in the in the hearts of the British soldiers, right? And it's possible that it's not necessarily attached to the Mau Mau that uh, Rastafarians realized that it possibly ins- inspired dread in the fear in the hearts of um, Westerners, right? It's always dread in the heart. Dread in the... Yeah. You're not going to feel that anywhere. Maybe <laughs> Just in the heart. Maybe the stomach. <laughs> stomach dread in the loins of the British soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Loin dread is the worst, Josh. It is. Uh, so, um, dreadlocks today, they spread. Obviously, you said Bob Marley had a, a lot to do with that, with his popularity. So I'm told. In the 1970s. You know, I, I posted a Bob Marley video on the Facebook page one day, mm-hmm. and I got killed for it. Why? <laughs> 
I didn't know that there were so many anti-reggae people out there. And I'm not Mr. Reggae, like, at all. But I like a little Bob every now and then. Sure. And as did some people, but some people are like, I can't believe you posted this. Reggae is the worst. How are you? No. Yeah. That's not correct. Well, thank you. <laughs> that's really weird. I don't think I've, I've heard of people who are like, nah, I'm not really into reggae. Like, it seems like one of those, those, those music genres that's not really polarizing. It's either you kind of like it or you're really into it. Not yeah. you're really into it or you hate it. They hated it. That's crazy. I think they were, you know. Are you sure they weren't confusing it with country music? Oh, maybe so. Maybe. <laughs> no, they true. thought Bob Marley's a country <laughs> music guy. Uh, so he and his whalers in the 70s uh, made it very popular in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, and actually everywhere well, in the world. Sure, he made it popular on one hand, but it also increased the anti-dreadlock uh, I wouldn't say it's a movement, but um, <laughs> like with the whole marijuana thing, and it was tied to, you know, some people would say, like, uh, drug use. How so? Well, the Rastafarians, they like their, their pot. Explain. From what I'm told. <laughs> There's no explanation. Huh. And uh, the writer, Mr. Dream Sailor, also pointed out that <laughs> <laughs> movies like Marked for Death and Predator 2. Predator 2. Both released in 1990. Actually had something to do because they depicted menacing gangs with dreadlocks. I don't know about that. I don't know if they hastened it or else if they were maybe born out of you know some sort of public view of of dreadlockianism. Yeah, you know. Sure. But it, it's a good point. Like he's saying, we used to view people with dreadlocks as menacing drug dealers who right. corrupted children, and or dirty. now we view them as um, you know. Wealthy kids who go to college. And, yeah, follow fish around on tour. Yeah. Because that's popular. So, Chuck, let's say you are a, an aspiring fish tour kid, right? Is fish even on tour any longer? Do they get back together and break up and get back together again? I don't know. We'll find out. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's say you're following somebody. String cheese incident, let's say. right? <laughs> you got your hula hoop and your little fairy wings, and you're like, it's time for me to take the third step, which yeah. is to dread my hair. Right. Right? Um and you want to get things started, and we're gonna we'll we'll talk about how to do it with kinky hair and with straight hair, right? Yeah, much easier with kinky hair. Let's let's start from the beginning. What's what's step one? Because we liter- there's literally a step by step list of instructions in this article. Step one, Josh. Yeah, which is what your friend did not do. You got to wash your hair. Yeah, and you got to dry it. Yes. That's the very first thing you do. And a really good uh, recommendation is to wash your hair with a very natural sure. um, type of shampoo. You should be doing that Because those anyway. things strip your hair. Yeah. And you want your hair stripped and dried, right. basically. It, you don't want any residue on it whatsoever. None. Certainly no grease. No grease. 
Uh, step two, Josh, you want to divide it into sections. And by sections, what we mean is when you uh, pull a clump of your hair together and you mm-hmm. can either like uh, clamp it with something or you can just do one section at a time or you can separate it all out. Right. Well, you want to clamp it at the end, the tip. Well, yeah, but what you got to remember is is uh, make little squares, basically. So you can see your scalp in a little square, and that's right. a section. Right. But each section, in theory, will end up being its own dreadlock. Right. So if you... If you want five huge dreadlocks, then you're going to have five sections, but you don't want that. Well, some people do. Well, yeah, sure. Some people let them grow together. You ever seen those, like the uh-huh. beaver tail? Sure. Those are awesome. Yeah. They're impenetrable. We'll talk about that in a minute, actually. Yes, we will. Uh, step three, Josh, is, uh, well, like I said, pay attention to the size of the section. Right. It, like you said, when you pull your hair, it's going to f- it should form a pretty much a perfect square. Yeah. And the bigger the square, the bigger the dread's going to be. Yes. Right? So that's kind of your rule of thumb. Exactly. Uh, step four is you want to add a little product. And and this is probably the most contentious step. Yeah, because some people are purists, right? They don't do that. Some people just use a little water. Right. Some people say wax. A lot of people say wax. Aloe. Cream. Yeah. Uh, th- this is, this is we should say this is for kinky hair. Uh, is it? Well, yeah, aloe okay. and cream is for sure. Okay. Well, and, the, and they say the Rastafarians are, are the, really the purest, and they only use like purified water too. Right. So they're not putting wax in their hair. But if you use straight hair and you're going to use product, uh, you should use wax. Okay. Where are we? Step five. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You want to start twisting in a clockwise direction, and the reason you do that is so you always remember which direction you've started. Because if one day you go to palm roll it <laughs> counterclockwise. You're going to start undoing your dreads, unknowingly. And when you when you twist your hair lock, you want to you want to clip it at the end, and explain backcombing because I don't I don't fully understand that. Oh, it's it's easy. Um, have you ever <laughs> have you ever approached a cat, and um, it was just sitting there. It looks all happy and content, and you're like, I hate cats. So you pet it the opposite way of the way its hair goes. Yes, cats don't like that. No, they don't. It's hilarious because it rubs them the wrong way. Where the phrase comes from? Huh. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty much the basis of backcombing. So what you do is you have your tight product, um, counterclockwise rolled hair. Yes. Actually, we should say this is for straight hair. You don't backcomb kinky hair. Okay. Um, so you you haven't you haven't hand rolled your your hair yet if it's straight, but you have some product in it. You have your your segments mm-hmm. that are eventually going to become dreads. Maybe it's clipped at the bottom. Okay. What you're ta- what you're doing is you're taking a fine toothed metal comb. Okay. Uh, you're holding the tip of the hair uh-huh. and you're sh- combing it upward all oh. the way to the root, and you keep doing this again and again and again until basically you really can't get the um the the comb up through the hair any longer because you've just tangled it so badly. And then you move on to the next segment and do that again and again until gotcha. basically what you're doing is you're just jump-starting your dreadlocks. Well, yeah, we say jump-start because if you want dreadlocks tomorrow, you're out of luck. Not necessarily. You can pay through the nose and probably be made fun of in certain circles. Um, a loctician? To go to a loctician who will um, use a crocheting kit. Yeah, but crochet your hair. Do they really look like dreads or do they look like braids? Uh, I don't know. It probably depends on how messy the loctician makes them look. You know, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that's not genuine and they don't look like real dreadlocks. Well, yeah. If you're one of those people who will only wash your dreads in natural, pure water and that's it, you're probably not going to go to a loctician. I'm a purist, Josh. 
Are you? That's how I roll. Okay. So if you are a purist and you don't want to go to a lactician and pay a lot of money and look silly, then uh, <laughs> it's going to take a while. And it ranges depending on your hair, you know, uh, the texture of your hair anywhere from a, a few months to like a year sometimes. Right. And for kinky hair, um, there's actually a couple of stages. Um, the budding stage is where uh, the, the locks really start to kind of um, intertwine. This lasts anywhere from like uh, two months to six months. Right. Right. Uh, and then at the end of that, um, at the end of that, that budding stage where it's really starting to kind of like not close to the scalp. Right. It'll start growing out and it'll keep nodding as it grows out. Right. What you have, my friend, is called a dreadlock. You're in the locking stage, a.k.a. the point of no return. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And since you mentioned the root, if it you don't want to uh, tangle it too close to your scalp because that can it can actually break off and like kill that knot. So you want to can also really hurt. Well, yeah, I'm sure give you give you the old headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to have a little bit of space there so your hair can still grow normally. And this is something I didn't know, but it makes perfect sense. As your hair grows and dies, it just becomes part of the dread, right? So it's not like when you see a 14 inch dreadlock, all that goes back to the root of the scalp, right? Most of that is dead hair. Yeah, it just kind of like gets caught up and yeah. it, it never falls out. You can't shed. It's pretty cool. And you're certainly not cutting your hair off, so. We should say what palm rolling is. I think we mentioned that twice, and we didn't really say what it was. So uh, let's say you decided to use wax or something like that. Let's go with wax, because that seems to be the best thing. Okay. Um, you put a little on your um, on your dread, and you roll it in that clockwise position again. It's Between basically your hands. Yeah. It's yeah. basically just maintenance and, and encouragement of those um, those tangled knots to stay tangled. That's a lot of work, man. It is. Um, so all that was for you. We entered the locking stage with kinky hair. With straight hair, um, you want to keep the uh, you want to keep applying wax a few times a week. Actually, right. uh, after this, um, after the initial um, tangling, the initial waxing. Yes. Well, and they said too to to, hair, to blow dry it, so the wax actually kind of melts into your hair. Yes. Yeesh. So we'll, we'll get to that. Let's figure. Let's let's talk about how to do this. There's there's something that a lot of people don't understand, and that is that if you have mature dreadlocks, uh-huh. let's say it's been six months to two years, yeah, you've got your actual dreads going. They're all looking sharp. Um, if you don't take care of your hair, you're gonna have all sorts of little um, critters growing in it. Well, sure. AKA mildew. Yes, is a big problem actually. Yeah. Um, that's why a lot of people wash their hair with like tea tree oil based oh, yeah. soap because. It'll get in there and kill it. It's an antimicrobial. Well, and that's also from improper drying, too. Right. So when you wash your hair, right, um, a lot of times, especially when you're washing it while it's in the budding or locking stages, it's, they're not mature dreadlocks, Yeah. you want to put a pantyhose on your head. Son, you got a panty on your head? Right. <laughs> uh, and you want to let basically just let the water go through. Right? You don't want to yeah, yeah. get your fingers in there. You want to keep your fingers out of there. Right. Let the hair go through. Wash it with tea tree oil, soap. And then when you get out, the drying part, this is very important. You squeeze it out. Yeah. Wring them out. Especially if they're mature, you can wring them out more easily. Sure. Um, if they're not mature, possibly you just roll them in your pantyhose. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then um, you blow dry the heck out of them until they're totally dry. Right. The funny thing is there are very few blow dryers on tour. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. So that you're saying they have mildewy heads? He's nodding. 
uh, hair care products. That's, this is sort of, again, like with all things, if you're a purist, you're not into it at all. And everyone has their own things they use from like hot oil treatments to, uh, gels and salt water accelerator and stuff like that to like really tighten them up. Right. Lenny Kravitz style. Again, if you are washing your hair using a product and you don't want to use the standard, you know, leaves your hair silky and lustrous because you it leaves your hair sil- silky and lustrous by basically um, she in- encasing the, the hair yeah. in like some sort of substance that keeps it from tangling with other stuff. So that's the right. opposite of what you want with dreads. A chemical agent, probably. That's the European standard of beauty. Yeah. Uh, Josh, if you sleep, um, you should wear like a bandana or one of those cool knit caps or a pillowcase. Mm-hmm. So you don't like crush your dreadlocks and and misshape them, unless that's what you're going for. Right, and you're talking about um, dreadlocks that um, they'll eventually weave together into one big dread. Yeah, if you want. If you want that, go for it. Just don't keep them separate. But if you don't want that, you should probably be aware that your dreads are eventually going to go to that place. So you want to kind of keep them separate, right. rolled apart. Right. That's part of regular maintenance. Josh, you have dreadlocks and you don't want them any longer, do you have to shave your head? Pretty much. No, not true. <laughs> you pretty much do. No, I've known people that that got rid of their dreads uh, through a lot of work mm-hmm. and combing. Actually, that remember the uh, Kristen who wrote in? With the son Sully? Yeah, yes. long time ago. Of course I remember. She's an artist. She had dreadlocks, and she got rid of them because I remember she sent in another picture like eight months later or something, mm-hmm. and she had like, you know, lustrous... European beauty hair. Really? Yeah, and she said that she was able to, you know, like use like lots of conditioner, I think, and comb it out, and I think it takes a long time. Huh. So you don't have to shave your head. You probably will, though. <laughs> probably will. I, I would imagine it probably depends on a couple of things, like it, how long the distance between your scalp and the, the start of the real dread is. Right. And if it's close to the scalp, you probably are going to have to cut them off and, and shave your head. To make it even. Yeah, I think you would want to. Like, after having dreadlocks for that long, why, like, untangle them just to have a big mop of hair? Like, just go the opposite. That's what I say. Yes. And it's funny that this is brought up because I was recently reading about your uh, Balkan vampires. (laughs) And apparently one... Some light reading. (laughs) You just laughed at me. Well, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know that you were into that. Well, I'm not. It was in Harper's. Okay. It was interesting, though. Sure. Anyway, the author was talking about how this one particular type of vampire in Croatia was known to braid the manes of horses so tight that they couldn't be detangled. And if you cut it off, it was so close to the, to the neck, it would kill a horse. Really? That's what I hear. That's awful. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. All 12 episodes of The Passage are available now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. 
Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. So, Josh, you want to end up with some myths and truths? Yes. Do we cover everything else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Samson had dreadlocks in the Bible. True or not? Um, I'm going to go with myth. You're right. Thanks. Samson because did have the long hair. I don't know if you noticed or not, but all of these were myths. <laughs> they are, actually. You just ruined it, though. <laughs> uh, Samson uh, did have the long hair, apparently, where he got all the strength and all that uh, stuff. Right. But they said it was more likely like ornamental braids and yes. not dreadlocks. More likely, though, we don't know. Josh, ancient Celts and Egyptians had dreadlocks. Myth or not? Uh, true. <laughs> it's a myth. Oh. Uh, and this came from artwork, ancient artwork. Um was misinterpreted basically over the years, and the Egyptians, I think, shaved their head and wore uh, headdresses mm-hmm. made out of bra- braided hair. Mm-hmm. Easily confused. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> yes. Dreadlo- dreadlocks can stop bullets. Uh, this has not been tested. I know Bob Marley was shot like eight times once in an assassination attempt and survived really? that. It's possible that his dreads deflected it. Interesting, um, but. A very tight weave has been shown to de- to deflect bullets. Yeah, just last year. Uh-huh. That lady, I remember. Re- I think we talked about it on the webcast. No, you um, you blogged about it. Oh, did I? Yeah, she was shot in the weave. Yeah, <laughs> and it it stopped a bullet. Well, in theory, because the way dreads work, you know, it's 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 like uh, like jute rope or like a we- a woven rug. You know, each well, hair is intertwined, right. and that's sort of how when we did the bulletproof vests, it's a similar theory, just a really tightly woven fibers. Right. Very so, strong fibers, but yeah, yeah. The, the the weave is definitely part of it, a huge part of it. You need to get one of those guys with the big beaver tail dread mm-hmm. and just hold it out and shoot a gun through it and see right. see what he says. He'd be like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And finally, Josh, uh, dreadlocks can be donated to charity, cut off and donated, just like, you know, regular hair. I'm going to say that that's a myth. That is a myth. Uh Locks of love and wigs for kids do not accept dreadlocks. And you can actually get fired for having dreadlocks. Did you know that? I, yes, this makes sense to me. Um, there's a lot of discrimination that corporations can still exercise against their employees. Yeah. And one of them is like, you, if you don't appear clean, yeah, you can be fired. You can be fired if you are too fat in your company's opinion. Really? Yeah. Um, there are, uh, in this, particular article, though, um, Dream Sailor makes a point that uh, if you are a Rastafarian, a practicing Rastafarian, and they fire you because your dreads, you've got a pretty good lawsuit on your hands. Yeah. But sure. if you're just some kid with dreads and they fire you because of your dreads, you're going to be fired. Go back to selling t-shirts out of your van? Yes. In the parking lot of the fish show? hmm Yeah. I got nothing else. Nor do I. So uh, if you want to learn more about dreadlocks, seriously, this is one of the most helpful articles I've seen. Steps one through six of how to make dreads. There's another eight or ten steps in uh, dreadlock hair care. Uh, it's really one you should go to if you, want, if, you're, if you want to know how to make dreads. If you want to make dreads out of your hair, go check out how dreadlocks work in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, which means it's time for listener mail. 
Yes, Josh, I am going to call this uh, from Eddie, who hopes things get better. Hi, my name is Eddie. I'm 15, uh, almost 16, in the 10th grade. The comment you made about how it will only get better if I just hold on and work through high school was something I really needed to hear. Awesome. With friendships that I have no idea what's going on to work that keeps piling on, I was worried I would be stuck like this after school ended. Uh, the news about the real world, uh, real world being a lot worse than high school doesn't give me easy thoughts, so I'm glad to get a different viewpoint. Thank you. And I will take this opportunity now, Josh, to mention the It Gets Better project, because we didn't even know about this when we mentioned it. No, if you were listening to uh, us mention that, I don't remember what podcast it was. Transgender, uh, I think. No, it was uh, Jealousy, I think. We were talking about high school and kids killing themselves in high school. What was it? Um, and, and we didn't mention the It Gets Better campaign. We just pretended like we made it up ourselves. We it, like When we recorded we it, the it's, <laughs> It Gets Better campaign had been launched like the day before, and we hadn't heard of it yet, honestly. So yeah, that's true. We, we aren't, yeah. We're, we weren't shirking it. Right. So uh, along those lines, we want to give it an official plug. It is a uh, pro- uh, project called ItGetsBetterProject.com, and it is targeted at LGBT youth mm-hmm. um, right now. My personal hope is that they expand that to include anyone who feels like an outsider. Yeah. In any way. That's well, just me, though. Specifically, anyone who feels like an outsider in high school. Well, yeah, that's Because if I mean. you feel like an outsider as an adult, you're. <laughs> I mean, high school outsiders. Uh, but it's a really uh, great program founded by Dan Savage in September. And uh, users can upload videos of themselves, testimonials, mm-hmm. as adults talking to kids saying that. Trust me, it gets better. Hang in there. Yeah, and everybody's been doing it. I know uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both have. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What about uh, Karl Rove and Dick Cheney? They actually did one together. It was so cute and adorable. They're so playful together. (laughs) So that was from uh, Eddie, and if you want to check out Eddie on YouTube, he has a YouTube channel called Comic Dud, and he draws comics for that channel. And you can go there and, and see what Eddie has to say. Okay. <laughs> and Eddie, it does get better. Trust me, buddy. Uh, thank you for that, Eddie. And if you have a photo of an Indian, an Asian Indian with dreadlocks, we want to see it. Send it to Stuff Podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. The HowStuffWorks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more, all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts, and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, 
iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.